0: Hello. Now, in this episode, we're embarking on a three-part interlude, which is sitting between seasons three and four. I really want to take a moment to deep dive into one key area that can be the cause of loads of challenges in your renovation or new build. So we'll be spending the next three episodes discovering what this key area is and what tools you have at your disposal to get it right. And these will be shorter, sharper episodes to really bolster you, uh, your toolkit in navigating your project. So let's go. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty-gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. So why this interlude? Well. Season four is going to be a cracker and it's coming soon and it will be a big season of 12 episodes that are packed with loads of great information for you. But I knew that there were some key tips that you could learn first that would set you up really well for what we'll be covering in season four. So that's what this interlude is all about. We're going to be spending three episodes deep diving into one topic, one tool, one key area. Now this may seem like a lot of time on just one thing however I'm not overstating it when I tell you that this one thing can be at the heart of most building disputes, errors, costly mistakes and in fact a lot of serious litigation cases uh, can be credited back to this one thing failing or missing. So what is it? What is this one crucial tool? It's communication. Now when communication is done well It helps projects run smoothly, it achieves great outcomes, and it creates homes that are a joy to live in. And when it's not done well, well, it's how projects can unravel, how money and time is wasted, how loads of stress is caused as well, and the whole experience of renovating or building can be made completely awful. When you build or renovate your home, there are so many moving parts to pull together different team members, different ideas, different decisions, processes, boxes to tick, rules to satisfy, budgets to meet and in the middle of all of that will be you and anyone else in your family who gets to have a say in your renovation or new build project and Together, you'll be figuring out what you want from your finished home and how you're going to bring it to life. Now, that's the sometimes hilarious, sometimes totally infuriating thing in the midst of all of this, isn't it? You know, not only are you having to get it right in communicating your vision to those who are helping you actually design and build it, you're also having to get on the same page as your partner, uh, your family members or anyone else that's involved in your renovation or new build project. And... Get their help and get on the same page as them in actually creating that vision in the first place. So, no wonder it can get hairy sometimes. Now, in this episode and in the next one, I'll be taking you through some of the most important elements of communication for your project and how to use them successfully to get great results and save yourself headaches along the way. And then, in the third episode of this interlude, I'll be sharing some key mistakes that I see people make when it comes to communication so that you can avoid these as well. So these are seven communication tools to help you when navigating your renovation or new build. And I'll take you through now the first three that you can use before you start building your project. So let's talk about communication tool number one, your team. Now, when it comes to your team, communication will really relate to three main areas. It will be how you choose them to enable simple communication, how you then communicate with them to get your vision brought to life, and then how they communicate with each other to create your finished home. Now, whether you're outsourcing everything in your renovation or new build, or you're acting as your own project manager, or perhaps you're even owner building, you'll be assembling some sort of team to help you deliver your home. Selecting them well can be key to helping your project run smoothly because it makes communication simpler and more efficient from the get-go. So think about it like this. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who really didn't share your values or your sense of humor or your outlook on life? It can be incredibly frustrating and confusing because you just don't see eye to eye. And it's actually like speaking an entirely different language from each other. This is not the type of communication that you want between you and your team members. So when you're selecting team members, look for like-minded individuals and companies. And when you do this, you immediately put yourself ahead of the game, because if you can find people and companies to work with who do see eye to eye with you and who particularly understand your vision of your home and who work with other clients that are like you doing similar projects, you will honestly cut out so much hard work for yourself because you'll be speaking the same language as those that are helping you. And you'll be aligned with support and and assistance that will propel you faster and more smoothly towards achieving your outcome. And what's more, you'll actually have a lot more fun doing it because you'll be around people who you really enjoy spending time with. You know, you don't have to be buddy-buddy. You can keep things professional so that you feel that it's comfortable to provide feedback, particularly if things get a little bit sticky or difficult. When you get along with your team members and you feel that you can communicate with them and they understand, it's so much more enjoyable in the long run. Now in addition to being able to communicate with your team, as in you to your team, your team also needs to have communication facilitated between them. So if you're not hiring a designer who will coordinate all of this communication between the consultants and professionals, you'll need, you yourself will need to organise how this happens. So traditionally when you work with an architect or a building designer, they will often, co- what's coordinate it's called coordinating your consultants. So they will often facilitate communication between say you, uh, them, the structural engineer, the town planner, the building certifier, all those different roles will come via the building designer or the architect as the main Checkpoint, I suppose, who then makes sure that everything is coordinated and everybody's points of view and information and expertise is incorporated. Now, if you're not having a designer do this job for you, then you'll need to be that point of contact between all your team members, or you'll need to be giving them instructions about how to communicate with each other so that they can coordinate it between themselves. So let me just explain with an an. Uh, illustration for you. So you know this is really about determining when and who you want to be involved and how you want to be involved in it and what communication you need to come via you and what communication you're happy to have happen directly between the consultants. So for example your final drawings they're all done, you've been nominated as the point of contact between all your team members uh, but the structural engineer needs a design change in the drawings just to accommodate something in their structural design. So are you the one that's coordinating that or are you getting the structural engineer to directly discuss things with the draftsperson or the designer? And so how will that all happen seamlessly and simply and how will you manage the time and the cost impact around those things? Another example may be if the builder is on site and they find uh, they're renovating a home and they find that something in the existing house wasn't as 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 expected and it means that something can't be built as is in the drawings and as the designer had designed so does the builder call you in that instance or do they call the designer are you still working with the designer at that point do you have them on an hourly rate for things such as this you know how does that communication work between you and your team in order to manage these changes so make sure that your team knows when they need to involve you and when they just need to let you know the outcome. You know, perhaps perhaps the, the, the benchmark might be that whenever it's going to cost you extra time or money or it's going to change the look of something in or around your home, then that's when you want to be notified, you know, otherwise you don't need to know. Uh, or perhaps you want to be across every single detail, okay, because you're managing work on site and you're attending the weekly site meetings and you're project managing or owner building your job. So you know this is ultimately up to you but it's really essential that you set the expectations in how you want this communication to occur. Now let's look at communication tool number two which is your brief. So I've spoken about your brief before in the podcast right back at the beginning and you know basically your brief is the formal communication package or document that you use to explain your vision for your project. Your brief though is not only used at the beginning, you can actually use it for the duration of your project to help everyone be on the same page as you and it can become the means by which you spread your vision and it's the benchmark that you can use to check yours and your team's performance by. So how do you get clear about your brief? Well, the best brief tells a story. It tells a story about you, your family, your lifestyle, and how you wish your home to help you live this way. So articulate some of the ideas around uh, certain types of questions as you create an overall picture for your home. So these questions will be things like who, who you are, who your family is, how many there are of you, your ages. Will this change? Have you got other people turning up in your home, babies arriving, parents moving in? If you're renovating, also share what you know about your existing home. What's its age, its condition? You know, what are the things that you love about it and what completely frustrates you? If you're building new or you're renovating, what do you love about the land that your home will be or is currently sitting on, you know, and what don't you love about it? What do you want anybody to be aware of uh, that needs to be managed or uh, minimized in the design of your home? What are you actually seeking to achieve by doing this project you know what are the big picture goals because these are really important to have in your brief and how do you want your home to feel one of the ways that uh, I recommend that you do this is you actually sit and and try and envisage how you want to feel in your finished home and what you're most looking forward to about it and just write down those thoughts because that will often tell you how you want your home to feel overall and then of course you need to list the practical stuff in your brief, the spaces, the rooms, you know, any minimum dimensions that you want adhered to, must-haves, wish list items, all those types of things. You also need to include your budget. Do not forget your budget, it needs to go into your brief. And your time frame is also helpful. Now This brief doesn't have to be all written down in words. Uh, Pictures can also be a really useful way to represent and communicate your brief. You know, don't be afraid to create vision boards or mood boards or scrapbooks, either digital or paper. You know, I can't tell you the different, the myriad of different ways that people have explained to me how they uh, have come up with the the vision that they have for their home. And it's everywhere from um, really, I don't know, really woo-woo, ways of thinking about how it sleeves into them as a person and their their future vision for their life through to really you know basic core we need a living room that's four by four we need a kitchen that's got this this and this in it and it's got to fit the juicer and the microwave and everything in between and it's been pictures it's been written words uh it's been songs it's been anything you can imagine okay so use the tools and the things that work for you to be able to get your brief together and you'll often find that in sharing that brief with others that it's a really good way of filtering out people who aren't in alignment with you if we go back to your team this is about finding team members that you can communicate with and your brief is a big communication tool so if it's not working for them if it's not gelling and they're not seeing what you're seeing that's a really good early red flag that they're not going to be a good fit you know, remember, this is this is about you doing what you need to in order to create the why, the what and the how of your vision for your home. You know, why why you want to do this project at all. What do you want it to feel like and how do you want it to look? You know, this is not you telling someone how to design it, so don't confuse it for that. You know, you certainly can have a play yourself at sketching floor plans and ideas for layouts and many homeowners do find that this is a great way just to test their thoughts and also then develop their brief further You know any experienced designer will take all of these uh, these elements and these these means of communication that you're using as briefing items and then they'll develop design ideas and concepts from there. You know this is all about you using what you can to communicate your brief for your project to those on your team. Now finally let's look at communication tool number three which is your language. In home design, building and renovation, the language that the industry uses is predominantly a drawn one. So drawings are a common language in all building and renovating, and they usually require a professional to actually produce them to the standard that's required to be useful. Now drawings will describe how construction is to occur, and As with any language, there's codes and there's symbols that are used to represent different things. You know, from certain materials to how walls are put together, right through to the light switches and the PowerPoints. And if it's not a language that you're used to speaking or reading, it can take a little bit of practice and help from others in order to learn it. However, ultimately drawings will describe what you want and how you want it to be. And so those lines on a page will inform your council about what you're planning to do so that you can get approval. They'll also let your private certifier determine if your design meets building code so that you can get permission to commence construction. And your drawings will also show those on your construction team what choices to make and how to deliver the home that you've been planning. So having clear and correctly done drawings is crucial in you getting what you want in your project. Drawings will explain your wishes, your desires, and your intentions in an industry standard language. And as well as drawings, you'll also have things like notes and specifications that may be on the drawings or they may be in a separate document, but they'll also help you achieve the level of finish and quality that you're seeking for your project. I really recommend that you get them done professionally by someone who can translate your vision into the language that the industry understands and speaks in. Think of them as a translator. You know, this is one area where many homeowners will try to save money. But it's important to remember, though, that what doesn't get drawn gets assumed. And assumed things can generally be either not what you wanted Or they can cost you more if you catch them in time and you want to change them. You know, assumptions are great big holes in managing your budget and in delivering your finished home in the way that you envisage it. Now, drawings are not only how you explain what you want, it's how you exercise control over what you want as well. So I've got a blog that explains different types of drawings that you can have for a reno or building project so that you can understand what these different drawing names mean and what will be included in them. And I'll pop a link to that blog in the show notes. Now, in addition to drawings being a common language, there's also a fair amount of industry terminology, isn't there? So don't be afraid to ask when you don't understand and to follow up where you need to be more informed. The internet will be your best friend in sourcing a fast education in building terminology. And I've got a link uh, that I'll pop in the show notes as well to help you with decoding building terminology, okay? Because I find this is really one area where homeowners can struggle. that they'll they'll worry they get worried about looking silly uh, because they don't know what the builder or tradie might mean and uh, you know if the builder or tradies used a bunch of industry terminology to explain something I've actually watched a client stand there and nod you know several times stand there nod their heads like they know what's going on and what's being explained and you'll see them and and I know that a whole heap of industry terminology is being used uh, and and that potentially they don't understand, and you sort of say to them, "Do you do you know what 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 they're talking about?" And they will look at you, and go, mm, "No, not really." So you know, and I especially see this happen for women, uh, and it's it's compounded by the fact that many tradies and builders and suppliers are male, and they want to deal with and address your male partner. And I've personally experienced this uh, when a tradie who was waiting on instructions for a job. You know, actually said to me, we'll just wait for your husband, even though I'd already said to him, would you like me to show you what needs to be done? You know, he didn't know that I was an architect. He had no idea. I don't think he was even deliberately trying to be sexist. Um, it's just something that seems to happen time and time again in the industry. And every time I share my own experience of it, I hear from other women who've dealt with exactly the same thing. You know, it's it's a key challenge in renovating and building because it's a male-dominated industry. And sometimes um, they're just not managed uh, in a way that teaches them that that's not how they should behave. And, you know, you need to remember that as with most industries – uh, in renovating and building, research shows that women make or heavily influence over 80% of the purchasing decisions. I don't know why owners of builders, building companies and suppliers and, and trade companies don't have as part of their job training, you know, this is this is the reality, you're mostly going to be dealing with women and this is how you need to work with them. You know, the good ones know it. The good ones know Um, know the story and and know how things go but there's still so many and I that don't and I see a fear and a quietness come over women when those that they're dealing with start to speak in a way that confuses them or use terminology that's um, that's they don't understand or that they don't understand sort of what's being asked of them and the process that they're signing off you know just ask okay if you think it's a silly question just preface it with this may be a silly question but you know this is your home and it's important that you understand what's being asked of you what you're making decisions about and so then you can actually make informed choices remember you're employing them okay it's not the other way around and you know this doesn't mean that you have to be a horrible boss and ride gunshot over everyone but it does mean that you are certainly within your rights to say wait hang on can you just please explain to me in a way that I am going to understand because we can't proceed until I do understand what's going on. Now if you've chosen great team members, we go back to communication tool number one, if you've chosen really good team members to work with then they'll be happy to be patient and they'll explain things in a language that you can understand. You know it's their responsibility to help you and they're the experts, they're the ones that do this every day, not you and the great team members will know this okay and they'll meet you where your needs are now remember to head to the show notes i'm gonna uh, i'll have a bunch of links in there to help you with these first three tools and that's the end of episode one of our interlude so just to recap those three communication tools to be aware of are your team your brief and your language Now in the next episode, I'll be taking you through four more communication tools that you can use in the lead up to building your project and during the construction of your renovation or new home. I look forward to sharing those with you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Get It Right podcast with Undercover Architect. Now, if you head to the Undercover Architect website, you'll see loads more helpful information on how to get it right when designing, building or renovating your home simply and with confidence. Not only can you see all the podcast episodes there, there's also a wealth of written blogs and videos too, covering all sorts of topics. And there's other ways as well that Undercover Architect can give you more support and guidance for your project. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please subscribe so that you always get notified of new episodes as soon as they go live. And I'd love it too if you could please leave a review. (laughs) I know that iTunes doesn't make it easy to leave a review, but when you do, this is super helpful in spreading the word word that this podcast exists to others who really need to hear it to get help with planning their future homes. This has been Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. Thank you for listening and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye.